This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly supported by Nest Legal. Nest Legal are Northcote's loveliest lawyers, helping the good women of Melbourne move on from bad relationships, find new homes, and make an estate plan that protects their people. They are all female, bar one feminist bloke, and their goal is to make the law less shit for people who need it. Their prices are all fixed and on their website, like a pizza shop. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> their website lets you get it all sorted from the couch at 8pm if you want to. Or if you need family law advice, but there is nowhere private or safe in your home to do a video conference, you can have a phone strategy session while you're on your daily walk. Moving on with your life one step at a time. Get started at nestlegal.com.au. Fun fact about Bron. Who even knows what her name is? <laughs> Not anyone she works with. A plucky year eight boy introduced him one day and she shared her name and he said, Hi, Bromlin. <laughs> She's like, surely he'll figure it out. Surely, surely. Bromlin, that's not a real thing. And he continued to call her Bromlin until year 12. <laughs> it, was so, it was so embarrassing. I was like, oh my God, please be the day he works it out. And he'd be like, hey, Bromlin. I'm like, <laughs> that's absolutely fine, Catelyn. Let's go with this. <laughs> Welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the gut. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas! G'day, mate! Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. We can move around the world again. <laughs> All around the world. We are free! to Italy. <laughs> to Singapore. Straight to, to United to States of America. Antarctica. <laughs> Where are this? I've run out of countries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything. All of the continents are very safe. I must go. Especially you know, Adelaide. That uh, continent's going very Adelaide well. Adelaide is a continent of continent. So, have you ever noticed that when people are like, hey, name heaps of countries starting with G, and you're like, gorilla. The global world. <laughs> I just, that's a smart kind of kid thing that went to private schools, right? Knowing oh, countries. It is definitely or, everyone should know them. But but I played Trivia Pursuit on the weekend. I went away with um, some friends. It was amazing. We got about I don't know, 120 kilometres away from our house. <gasps> it was incredible. And someone pulled out um, Trivia Pursuit. It was Lucas. I hate that guy. <laughs> it's like, at least it's not his dick. Makes <laughs> <laughs> me feel very ill. Anyway, he's like, guys, I brought Trivia Pursuit. And I looked at him so crossly because I was like he knows how bad I am at this and I don't I cannot work out how people are good at it because the things are so useless it's like who was the inventor of a pink pop plant in 1992 what is Bronlum's real name who knows? No one knows. Useless information. But it was Trivial Pursuit version 1981. Perfect. Perfect. And I was like, oh, yes, I was definitely there. The answer is Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly everything everything the light bulb is it the light is it electricity everything so it was it was so it was actually awkward because we played it for hours and Wade Duffin, Claire Hooper's husband, who was there, who I'm pretty sure only finished year 10. He always kind of like talks himself down and was not finishing school. He knew every single fucking answer to everything. To 1981. Congratulations, Wade. We are not travelling through time. <laughs> 40 years ago, but it was, you were relevant. <laughs> exactly. But it was super, it was super hard. And I'm always amazed at people who are really good at trivia. Are you? No. What happened to us? I Is there a public school system? I think so. I think it's all the bongs we smoked. I never got into bongs. <laughs> idiot. I know. Maybe I'm just naturally an idiot. Yeah, they're delicious. You just get like a gold Coke bottle and burn a hole in it with a cigarette <laughs> lighter. And we used to do yeah, in high right? school. And then like get the neighbor's hose and cut a bit off it and just fucking leave it. Is your neighbor's hose the smallest hose in Duffy? <laughs> Just pick different neighbours. <laughs> and then make a tiny little cone out of metal, but don't do drugs because you end up dumb as us. Yes, I didn't even do them. That's my point. Why am I bad at trivia? Dumb as Bromlin. <laughs> Bromlin, save her. Bromlin, tell me three countries that start with H. <laughs> Hispanic. Afghanistan. <laughs> Hello, mum. Everything. I told you. Bingo. God. So we have some real shit to talk about. Can you tell me about a song, a little song called Mmba? It's a song and it has three M's to start with, which is a recipe for a good song, if you ask me. <laughs> Starting with three letters is very good. Mm. I'm really surprised that my song didn't take off. <laughs> It should have. But it is it is a song called Umbop and it was Hanson. So do you remember the first time you heard Hanson, Claire? Well, first I heard them and then I knew that I was in love. <laughs> Did you? Oh, my God. Fucking hell. Like, Taylor. Taylor mm. was such a babe. He was such a dreamboat. The way he sung, he was singing yeah. into my own throat. That was the middle one. That is creepy. <laughs> Yes, I feel this song in my throat. Oh, that's interesting. So I it was in, we were in year six. We I remember were. in year six, and I remember being um, uh, in the playground at my Pavo school, and someone saying, "Oh, I love um, Hanson so much," and I was like, "I love them too. They're the coolest girls." <laughs> And then someone had to be like, Bron. Don't misgender them. Bromlin. <laughs> Bromlin. My God, what are you good at? And I was like, Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> I can name all the countries in Europe. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a, a very a huge moment for me to be like, oh, am I supposed to think they're babes? Okay, cool. All right, they're total babes then. And then so it was this shift of like me just thinking they were like absolutely beautiful girls that could, were impressive and I admired to men that I was supposed to be completely in love with. Mm-hmm. And I made that shift so quickly. So you loved them so much. Yeah. Did you have like a, a cutout poster from a magazine of them stuck to your wall with oh, blue tag? Maybe, maybe, but I do remember loving Taylor as well, Ooh. the middle one, the middle lady. And it was, <laughs> it was, um, I love the song Lucy and that was sung by Zach. Do you remember oh, it? was Zach. really, it was Baby really Zach, soft. the drummer. Hi, Zach. Yeah, but do you know who was weird? You oh, know Zach. what? You know what? <laughs> if I have another child, just to just to bounce it up a bit, I'm going to rather call him Isaac and then call him Hi, Zach. And everyone be like, is his name Zach or Isaac or Hi, Zach? I'm like, Hi, Zach. <laughs> They're like, are you talking to me? It's my name, Zach. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, 
like, great, I'm definitely hanging out with Claire never again. again. <laughs> Shake the neighbours. Fucking toes. It's a seriously great idea. It Claire. is. I have lots of them. <laughs> so I, Isaac was weird, but also that we need to have a moment for um, Hanson's mum, who was like, I'm going to call my kids the Isaac oldest boy. and Zach. Yeah. Oh, is, I and thought then, he was the mum. No, yeah, was the yeah. mum. He did look like a forty-year-old woman. He did look like that. Yeah, he just like that, that kind of like wavy, unkept forty-year-old lady. You know what? There. It is the first time that I have cautioned on to the fact that there was Isaac and Zach. Mm. Yeah. See, if there was a question in Twitter Review Suit, I'd smash it. You would. And I'd be like, <laughs> hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a country. So with H. Well done. Woo! Yeah. So uh, they were three boys who took over the world and people really love them. But what's really interesting is that while most bands kind of get really popular and then when people, their fans kind of get a bit older and then they, the, you know, the band tries to do something different. Do you remember when Jewel tried to do Be Sexy? Oh, yeah. And she fixed her teeth and it was really sad it was really sad so everyone loved her because she was this kind of like lovely girl next door really sweet songs um had like really really crooked teeth which was adorable natural beautiful yeah totally yeah. adorable and everyone loved her. all girls loved her and all boys thought that she was a total babe and then she was like i'm gonna shift shit up and i'm gonna call my kid Isaac. <laughs> No, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I think it was Promiscuous was her album oh, or something like that. Right. And she, I probably got it wrong. There's a mad jewel fan like screaming at her. Um, exactly. Know, what do you mean, problem? <laughs> exactly, problem. Get something right. Fuck it up again. Who <laughs> exactly. will save your soul? <laughs> And so uh, Jewel tried to do something different. She got really sexy and disappointed everyone, everyone. immensely. But uh, Hanson didn't do that. Hanson no. just, like, stayed the same. And their fans grew up and grew old, just mm. like us. And we were like, okay, cool, bye. But there was, for some reason, this band was different, where they held on to an enormous amount of their fans, well into, like, their late 30s. And a really diverse group of fans as well. I went on to some handsome forums and they are a journey. You wouldn't think, right, that it was like just loser white women like us who have, you know, no hopes and no future. Shout out to myself and Bromlin. But there was what? Like, there was like a remarkable diverse women from all around the world, from all walks of life, who just adored them and had followed their journey. So all of their handsome boys have married. They married quite young. They had many, many children aged, like had little squads of tiny blonde babies. And just kept touring and kept making music. But what is the plot twist? Why are we talking about something that happened 100 years ago? Because they have, because their uh, their fan base is so huge, and people have. There's a handsome tattoo with thousands of, and I want to say women. I think it's predominantly women. I'm sure there's handsome boy fans, but uh, and, and gender fluid fans and loads of men. different fans. But there was um, everyone like heaps. We got the tattoos. There was like merchandise. People had handsome. Um, like uh, number plates, it was everywhere, and then there's like a handsome baby kit. You can get a handsome baby hat and a handsome baby romper. <laughs> Do you wear that <laughs> to bed every night? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Four zeros. Hi, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and so there, with with such an enormous fan base, and with so many dedicated and committed people to their, I don't know, cause, whatever the hell there was going on. What is their cause? Everyone expected of oh, long hair. Yes. Everyone expected them to just kind of be good, yeah, like good, good people. And then Black Lives Matter happened, 
and George Floyd happened and they stayed silent. Yeah. They are very present on social media, it turns out. They have lots to say about a million things. And when the when this huge moment in America and across the world happened uh, with George Floyd, anyone who was who had a voice used it, yeah. it seemed, to say, this is not okay and I, I don't agree with this. And so what we took from that is anyone who stayed silent... They're complicit. They're complicit, yeah. yeah it's exactly. And so there were enormous amounts of fans who were looking to hands and be like, any minute, any minute, Isaac's going to say something about this. Yeah. Taylor, come on, mate. You've never let us down before. Send your glorious locks our way and say Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And they didn't. They and eventually, didn't. eventually, they they posted a photo of like a bunch of people holding hands. It was very, it was very different, very <laughs> unique. And I think there might have been a, a black hand in there. And they wrote, so "We're really saddened to hear what happened with George George Floyd. We uh, we do not agree with hatred. We're sad for America." But never did they say those three words or even three letters, I could have just chucked an acronym in there for everyone to understand that they weren't all lives matter. They were black lives matter. And just noting that heaps of celebrities have been criticised for exactly this, especially in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election, when people have stayed silent or stayed ambiguous. I mean, Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian family are a great example of a family who proudly wore I voted stickers but never said what their alignment was and the thinking behind it is that if you speak out to support one party or one position you're going to lose half of your fans yeah. because you know they're going to be like oh well you're not a Trumpist or you know mm. I, I'm, I'm not going to align with you or support you anymore so it's a commercial decision but I think we've gotten to a stage of celebrity and a politics where we expect a position and not having one is is dishonest right mm. because I guess ideologies bleed into everything, into who you listen to and what you buy. And really importantly, we want to make sure that our money and our time are going to people who, you know, where we support their philosophies and their approach. But Hanson, it just got worse, mate. Tell me about Isaac's internet habits. What are they? I don't know. I I haven't dug that deep. This is about (laughs) as good as I got. I got a bit bored after this. (laughs) (laughs) So, one avid fan found his Pinterest. Oh, I bet it's good. Oh my god, mate, was it ever? It Tell me, as if I, as if I don't know. <laughs> it was filled with racist, sexist oh, no. memes, Nazi ideologies, like really cooked, super white supremacist stuff. And then he got called out for it. Everyone was like, "What the fuck, mate? Like this is bleak. This is not cool." And he's like, "Oh, this is a private page, and it's just jokes." I'm Whoa. sorry, but if you're a super rich white dude who's just bathing in privilege, you don't just get to joke about being a fucking Nazi. Oh, my gosh. And there's some things that are just unforgivable. Yeah. One one thing that we will talk about soon is our boyfriend, Pete Evans, mm-hmm. and how he is absolutely drowning, thank heavens, in criticism because he just posted a reckless thing. And it's if you, if you post something and he's claiming that he had no idea, we'll talk about this much later, but he posted something really reckless and really hurtful and then he claims he didn't understand the, the meaning of it, the context. And so without an apology, he's like, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, the, like as if I knew what that was next. And he's being punished for it, rightly so. But you, if you have a platform that big, you need to be accountable. accountable. Absolutely, because you influence people. I mean, I, I think, and Hanson are a really great example. Like, we started listening to them, worshipping them when we were tiny children, right? right? That has an impact. And this impact continued for so many people into their adulthood. 
and they still, you know, they, they, they still idolise and they still bore their shit. And so they have a responsibility to present a particular type of self to the world. And if that self is like, I don't know, I, I think that the time for ambiguity is, is done. I don't think you can be ambiguous anymore if you're a public figure. I think you have to be clear about what you believe or else you're misleading half of the people mm. that follow you. And I know that there are lots of issues that we live in a dichotomy and there's kind of a dividing line between the left and the right and so on and that needs to be talked about as well. But people thought that Hanson were, you know, good dudes. Yeah. And it turns out they're probably Nazis. Well... I did not see that coming. <laughs> Nazi! <laughs> but it is... Um, like, you know, imagine being a black person and you followed, you'd committed that yeah. much of your life to them. Well, that's yeah. a long time ago. So I'm talking about 1998, the, my, my first memory of them. It's at least seven years ago. It's at least, yeah, exactly. So it is some time ago. And it is, that's, if that was that long ago, imagine being a young black person being like, yes, I, I love these guys so much. And for some reason, I can't shift this love. Mm. And I will love them and I will, I will travel the world to watch them. Mm. And I'll change my bloody number plate and I'll name my kid Isaac. And everything is going to be great. <laughs> and then finding that page, yeah. you'd be wounded. Devastated. You're like, oh, what, what, what is my identity? What do I mean? And this is, I mean, it's a broader conversation about the fucked way that we worship celebrities. But the truth is that we do. Like, mm. And what they believe has an impact. So, But also amazing that Hanson still exists. Yeah, it amazing is. Amazing that yeah. they're still a thing. It is amazing. And I've listened to their music. It still sounds exactly the same as it did seven years ago in 1998. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure it's the same. I haven't listened to it, but I'm sure it's the same because uh, they, they can't change too much no. because people are so committed to that sound and that whatever's coming out. I have a friend called Brick. Hey, Brick. She. Hey, uh, Brick. Hey, Brick. She loves Hanson, and she's like you'd never guess it. She doesn't look like. She's definitely not a tweeny bopper or whatever. She's just a grown woman with a real life job, with real life responsibilities. That's a real life load mower right outside my door. This or is, is it a whippersnipper? Outside the studio, you mean? Professionalism <laughs> outside my mansion. There's a whippersnipper. Meanwhile, I've never heard anything go wrong with our editor. Ever. This is the first time that there's been sound problems. I have no idea what you mean, Bromlin. Oh <laughs> editing studio needs thicker walls <laughs> it's almost like your best rule <laughs> turn off the microphone <laughs> oh, thank you Sharul. it's finished oh almost no, okay anyway but so brick loves it and so it, what i'm saying is like he comes so these the people who hansen has reached are the most unexpected people and i imagine that brick would be very upset to learn this about hansen and if Hanson, you're listening, which I assume we very well are, I think that you need to maybe take some responsibility yeah, for mate. your voice and for what you're doing. And if you love Hanson, maybe um, take off your number plate and drive without one. This is very safety. This has been good shit. It's goodbye. <laughs> but it hasn't. Beep, beep, beep. Because we have another thrilling topic for all oh, of we you. Do. As always, as whippity snippity goes, <laughs> we roll them out. Like a Brussels sprout. Exactly. What are we talking about? Brooklyn? We're going to talk about things we've learned this year. But in a way that does not reflect the previous things we've learned this year because it's different from those things. Yes, this is a very unique segment. Every time we speak, it's unique. Every time. <laughs> our ideas are absolutely second this is a to none. very interesting segment yes. of our lives and yes, your yes. lives. So things we've learned this year. All right, so 
so 2020 has been a piece of shit and that's definitely still happening for a lot of people people are still having wild experiences i will just note that bron said this is definitely happening for a lot of people and pointed at me with her <laughs> finger so that's nice i pointed you with five fingers <laughs> fuck off bro <brother. laughs> Your life is a mess. So, uh, if, if, so everyone is still experiencing. And it's like a running joke of how shit it is. It's just an absolute bin fire, and and the, these jokes will continue forever. Twenty twenty will be the year that everyone talks about being so shit. But there are some golden nuggets that have come from it. Have what golden nugget has come from your bum, Roman? <laughs> Ew! I hate how you always refer to things that come out of me. <laughs> Claire's obsessed with genitals. I'm going to make that very clear. I know that my golden nuggets don't come out of my genitals. But please stop talking about anything Is to do with that area. Is No. Yeah. Why are you saying it? But you are obsessed with genitals, am I right? No. It's <laughs> Bum nuggets. But I said things that come out of me. And well, another we, thing that comes out of me is some things that come out of my genitals. We did have a really intense text conversation last night, which was not the one we put on Good Sheila's about Adelaide. I no. sent Bron a text, which was oh. like, excuse me, we should do a poll and a survey. And I wasn't completely serious, maybe a little bit. If she it was like, yeah, serious. we should do it, I would have been like, yeah, let's do it. But you were like, gross. And so I was like, okay, this is... Very... So what was the question? So, and I was like, oh, I'm interested. I'm intrigued, Claire. A poll. I love polls. I married one. <laughs> what is what is this question so you wanted to? It's pitch? actually a soci- we've gotten very off topic as we do. It was a sociological question. I was positing to men if you had to if your dick was described by someone, you have to choose one of the two as a big ugly dick or a small beautiful dick. What would you choose? And I reckon that everyone would choose big ugly dick because men are fucking fucked. <laughs> Do you know what is fucked? <laughs> this. I hate it because I can't look at you. I'm looking at a different wall. I'm looking at a different wall and I'm hoping that whippersnipper comes straight in here and cuts you because I hate that you're making but so much eye contact. Interesting. It is. St- it is because, like, they'd rather it be a big, ugly one than a small, beautiful one. And you're like, like okay, small. fine. We won't talk about men. What about this? And what was your other idea? The same thing, but the inverse of women. Like, if they had to describe their vagina as a big, beautiful vagina or a small ugly vagina what would they choose and i reckon i don't know what would you choose i just am upset (laughs) (laughs) i'm upset i'm a really visual person so please call in if you have the answer but only talk to brian about it (laughs) i am not scared of genitals but i don't want to describe them or look at them or talk about them how did she get pregnant (laughs) i'm seriously jesus (laughs) or his mum i don't know anymore did you write the bible are you God? <laughs> so, swing it right around back to okay, the Okay, so things that I have... All right, so one thing that I have learned... So, obviously, or maybe not obviously, it's obvious to Claire right now because I'm enormous is I am having Because I can see a big, beautiful dick. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate this podcast. <laughs> no, I am having baby next year. So, I'm almost halfway through my third pregnancy and my first pregnancy was in... Uh, 2013 and so my third pregnancy now is what is this 2020 year of wonders Mm -hmm. there's a book of the plague called that that is it's a similar time and we um i've changed everything i've changed all the way like i hate pregnancy that's not changed and i can't it does not matter how much i try and sugarcoat it i fucking hate it i hate every day hate every day hate it i'm tired i'm huge i'm like like everything like my skin breaks out i did a tutoring session earlier today on zoom and as soon as the kid (laughs) popped up onto the screen the first thing she said was whoa it looks like you've got heaps of pimples (gasps) 
And I said, I do. And she went, oh, okay. Whoa. That's fine. I kind of appreciate that honesty because I hate when people say, I can't tell your skin's bad. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even look like I a human. I just say nothing and then keep the survive contact. <laughs> no, you say too much and it's always about genitals. <laughs> I have nothing to do with my Being face. beautiful <laughs> But this, so this time around, so the pregnancy, whatever, I'm writing it off as something I hate. I'm not going to change it. Fine. Accepting I've got 21 more weeks of this bullshit. Fine. But after that, when the baby comes, it is going to be so different this time because when I had Olive and when I had Edie, I wished and wished and wished every day away. I could not wait for them to be two, three, four. I could not wait. I was just like, even though like, you know, there were days I was like, oh, lovely. And like, I love moments, but I just, like, I love kids. I love kids Mm. and I love talking to kids. And babies are a little bit too crying. There's too much crying and there's too much that they want to say but they can't say. And there's too much of like there's no sleep and there's too much of... There's too little control. Too little control. I fucking hate it. And so this time around, I'm just going to like throw caution to the wind and just go with it. Mm -hmm. Go with it and be like, okay, cool. I don't have to go back to work. Anytime, because with Olive and Edie, I think I went back at about nine nine months, which Mm. is a normal amount of time. That's not too soon. That's not like soon like whatever you know some people have strong views on this i don't i don't care if you go back early or later whatever but i was i knew that that time was coming so it felt like this ticking time bomb of being Mm. like all right two months to go in these two months i'm going to make sure she can sleep perfectly she's eating the exact right things and so when she gets to daycare the daycare ladies are going to be like incredible you've done a great job i know Mm. exactly how this goes and she's going to be the least traumatized she can be because she'll be like you know safe and fine and healthy and everything's okay and so it wasn't like daycare started at nine months daycare Mm. started way earlier for me Mm. because I couldn't stop thinking about it and also when I got to work I was so desperate for work to kind of look at me as someone who didn't have a kid Mm. just someone who was the same as everyone else so I put my hand up for too many roles that I didn't really necessarily want and probably shouldn't have taken Mm. so hindsight's a beautiful thing I would do it completely different if I did it, if I, if I, well, I am doing it again mm. and I wouldn't do that. And if some, I knew that people, people had advice to me at that time, but it was like, oh, you know, have as long as you want off, have, um, like, don't take any extra responsibilities. And I had this thing in my brain of like, yeah, but I can do it. Yeah. But I can, like, I'll be fine. And I've, I've, I've worked on, functioned on not very much sleep. I used to work in hospital it's fine you know three hours a night plenty and I will function and I know I know that I'm a good teacher and I know that I can do this mum thing okay and so I was just just kind of surviving and wishing every day would end yeah and it was actually horrible yeah I remember vividly you being like I just like they'd be lying down and I just want them to sit and they'd be sitting like I just want them to crawl and then every developmental stage, you're just wishing the next one was there. And we talked before about your levels of postpartum anxiety in the podcast before, but you were just so terrified all the time. And it was kind of of this really, I don't know, something that never you could never quite articulate, but it was like that terror was everywhere and you placed it on things because you didn't know what to do with the anxiety. And so you got mm. addicted to CrossFit and like you did all these things to kind of put control over your life and your brain but it was just this frantic racing and I'm really delighted for you that you get this chance to enjoy this baby you just get to enjoy the experience and get to enjoy being a mum again and to just lap it all up because Mm. it's beautiful and you get to give yourself space and time to just 
love that for the first time. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I think, like, I don't, and I don't know. Like, I might get into it. You can't predict anything. So, you know how people have, like, a birth plan. How mm. the fuck can you have a birth plan? Make people, women who follow their birth plan, amazing. Hats off to you. But also, the women who make a birth plan and doesn't go to plan, you just feel disappointed. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I feel let down. What did I do? Why did they give me an epidural? There's things you can't plan. And I think that birth is one that I will not ever plan. In, not in my millions of births to come. I will not plan them. But I can't. Like I, I never had a plan for those and they've turned out fine. And I can't plan having a newborn, but I really, really hope that this time around I enjoy it and don't. Oh, I'm still going to want it to, you yeah. know, not be a newborn because they're really hard. They I'm are not going to really try hard. and sugarcoat that shit. But you might also find, like, I guess, you know, think about Edie and the kind of baby Edie was. Like, Edie Brun's second was so lovely and she so, so easy. Good. She was such a beautiful baby, just so placid and jolly and slept beautifully she was so easy but because of where your mental health was you couldn't enjoy it yeah so now you're gonna be in place where like i've got space i've got time i've i've designated this year as one that i'm gonna just give myself space for and enjoy and do all that shit that they tell you for the first few actually only realize now that it's important like have a nap and the baby naps yeah like who gives a fuck if the house is dirty like all that stuff where you need that perspective to understand mm. it and you might find that all the bits that you thought you were running away from because they weren't fun are actually super beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I look back on photos when the girls were tiny and my house was spotless. So clean. I remember that. Again, another thing I remember, I remember being in your kitchen. I think it was with Olive. Olive was teeny and I was pregnant. I remember, like, so you were holding your house, holding Who knows? But there was like you like Maybe she was holding you. She was holding me. <laughs> she was gently breastfeeding me. But very delicate pregnant. To the dulcet sounds of handsome. <laughs> <laughs> and you like you went over. You grabbed a cleaning wipe and you like went and, like dashed the cupboard and you like were wiping that cupboard down. And then you just like chucked the cleaning wipe in the bin and like you survey the kitchen, which was the cleanest kitchen I've ever seen. Like yeah. even the blinds, like the blinds light down. Who wipes down the blinds? Well, not you, and I can see. Exactly. <laughs> Who on earth would do a very thing like that? I've got no clue. What's that smell? Just but, also for context, Claire's house stinks of rotten onions. And if you've never smelled that, it smells like parmesan. Delicious. <laughs> so who wants to come over faster? <laughs> I remember moments like that. I'm like, the bro- you, you taught me the world famous Bronwyn Lewis mopping method, which I've never stopped using. P.S. We rather than get a bucket, bucket, a bucket. <laughs> Are you Scottish? Rather than go to a bucket. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Welcome. Margaret I've Thatcher. Ladies, 1981. Are you very good at trivia pursuit? Get a bucket. No, rather get a bucket. You squirt some cleaning fluid on the ground. You splash in some hot water at the top and then mop that way. And I've done it forever since. It's Great. so fucking efficient because buckets are expensive these days. <laughs> right? Who can afford a bucket? Who can? It's Who can? Fucking rich fucking dickheads with all your buckets. Private schools. But, like, I never come over when you went mopping. Like, every because you were in this tiny little house, you were so anxious, and the only thing you could do was keep it clean. Mm. Like, if I visit you with a newborn and you've got a clean house, I'm going to do a shit on your carpet. Oh, my God. I would <laughs> not be surprised either. I'd exactly. be like, classic at this, Claire. At this point, who even knows anymore? She's laying a golden nugget. It's <laughs> fucking rank. Out of her beautiful, small <laughs> penis. <laughs> 
Fantastic. What have you learnt this year, Claire? Oh, mate. God, it's been such a big year of many realisations. My marriage, hello, loneliness. Um, but um, so... Also, can I just say, just, this is hilarious. Um, our friend, uh, my cousin-in-law, Jacob, your god, uh, god husband. My so god husband. Shout out to my husband, God. <laughs> So Jacob Lodziak, what a guy. So he is the godfather of Edie and you are Edie's godmother. So together, that yeah. is a marriage. So I, you need to stop talking about your marriage being over because it's well and truly alive in God's eyes. I look forward to lighting up our bed. <laughs> Jacob, with that sweet godparent. What do we happening? say? I don't what, know is what, what is going on? All right. So he's got this really great game he's telling me about. It's a Good Sheila's podcast game where they have to do a drink. He hasn't told me all the rules because I think he's, he's a very polite guy. He's so nice. <laughs> so he wouldn't say your rules to your friends. He wouldn't say my rules, but he told me your rules. So when Claire says, uh, he, you, have to do a, you have to have a drink. When Claire says, unpack, you haven't said it once. Um, yeah, because I fucking remember, Jacob. I remember your feedback. <laughs> There's nothing to unpack with Hanson. They've unpacked it all. <laughs> Two is uh, when we say problematic, mm. addicted. And three, when you mention your failed marriage. Cute. But we have to laugh about that. Jacob, we have to laugh about that. For God's sake, Jacob, Otherwise, I'll <laughs> cry. Is that what you want? Great, my husband's going to make me cry again. <laughs> Fucking revelation. Relive it, <laughs> Exactly. That's what the patriarchy mm. wants. Fucking <laughs> shit. Anyway, thanks, Jacob. I hope you're drunk. <laughs> See you later in that marital home. So, you were, so this year has been big. Your marriage shut down. Have a drink, Jacob. Your Ooh. marriage finished. Yes. Two drinks. Great. What happened next? So, Stevie is my eldest daughter, and she's always been a really vibrant, beautiful child. Context number one. My brain has always been super fucking cooked, right? Context mm. number two. Like, we have talked about it a lot over the years, about how my brain works and how it doesn't work often and how kind of confounding and frustrating it is and how my responses to things, my kind of levels of intense thinking and being are really overwhelming, not just personally, but, you know, occasionally to the people closest to me. And I guess you can definitely testify to just how magical I am. Yes. Yes. yes, very straightforward, yeah, exactly. very predictable. Yeah, exactly, all these things. And for years I've tried to figure out what the fuck is different about me, right? Like, and anyway, so harking back to Stevie. Back in time, back in time, here's the lawnmower in the background. That's right, you just speak louder and the lawnmower will speak quieter. <laughs> That's science. <laughs> it is. So, um... Stevie has always been this really clever, open little girl who's been just a bit, like, a bit different, but not in a way that's been really distinct until she started school. And um, we, we remember um, when Stevie was going into prep and we were like, this is going to be amazing. There's never been a kid more suited for school than Stevie. Yeah. She's so outgoing. She's so friendly. She's so clever. She's going to be magical. And she's so smart. Like, yeah. She can read at, like, the nine-year-old's level. Yeah. Like, she can definitely read better than you. She's definitely, yeah. She's a lawyer. She's so, got that. But, so, but well, yeah, it's right. She's so confident and she's, like, she likes adults. She likes other kids. It's yeah. like, she, we, there's, it's impossible for this to go wrong. And the narrator said, but it did. And so <laughs> a lot we merged into the first like parent-teacher meeting, just like bursting with pride, expecting to get a really lovely feedback from her teacher. And he was pretty much like, she cooked. Oh. <laughs> and we, anyway, I'll cut a very long story short because it turns out that our beautiful daughter has ADHD. And um, 
it's been a journey getting here of like lots of lots of appointments at the Royal Children's Hospital and lots of kind of navigating the um, the different ins and outs of what makes her different and what makes her remarkable but now that we've got a diagnosis there's a pathway forward it's been heartbreaking talking to her about what makes her remarkable and special because yeah. she doesn't want to be different of course yeah. no one wants to be different and even just like ADHD you ask an adult what that stands for yeah. and they're just like it stands for ADHD exactly. idiot. next trivia pursuit yeah. question <laughs> but it's a bit like to explain it to a kid they're like what I've never heard of that and so also we didn't know much about it right yeah. I didn't know much about it at all so we had we've I've been learning as much as I can about it over you know over the last couple of weeks in particular trying to understand what it means for the, for the brain and last week he sent me a bunch of slides Bron. let's yes. talk about the slides yeah, well, I know that in another episode we're going to go into this in a bit more detail, but what we know about, so females are often undiagnosed with ADHD because we um, we assume that anyone with ADHD is going to be a naughty little boy who mm-hmm. runs around and breaks things and yells and has really little control over his physicality mm. and emotions. And we don't associate it with, I guess, anything else. So when a little girl is... Um, really really distracted or really quiet happily happily reading quite not not rude but doesn't mm. really follow what's going on has disproportionate emotional reactions mm. like doesn't respond to stimuli in a normal way um is fixated on some things so and couldn't care less about others yeah like, those are all hallmark adhd symptoms but for women they look really different yeah and so little little stevie's been traveling through prep uh in a very very like it's a bit a big year for her for all kids for all kids but like stevie it's been a really big year i mean if she started prep and really really thought she was gonna love it like no one thought stevie was gonna love it more than stevie did and then she started and she was like holy shit this is actually really hard because Mm. i can't just go hang out with olive who's in grade one i can't just hang out with her all day and i really thought that that's what we'd be doing i thought we'd be playing I thought she thought it would be like, you know, daycare where there's heaps of play, sometimes snacks, sometimes you sit down for a sec, but that's it. School, it's, it's a big shift from it's daycare. It's really, really and she And Stevie went to Montessori's where Edie's is going, where, it's, where it is quite structured. So that it was, she had like the best, I guess the best stepping stone into mm. school. But even that stepping stone was enormous for someone mm. with ADHD. It's just like... So she went into this went into this little environment where she was like, "Great, have huge ideas." I fixated on these mm-hmm. ideas for an entire year. Entire year, she, her, she was away from Olive, and she was like, "Oh my god, when I get there, it's gonna be lit. Like I'm, Olive and I are gonna absolutely tear that place apart. We are gonna lol lol all day long." <laughs> and then she got there, and she was in a different room to Olive, and the teachers were like, "Now sit down, and we'll talk. We're gonna, I'm gonna read your book." And Steve was like, "Oh no, I'll read the book. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll read a different book." Mm-hmm. And I'll go outside. I'll go next door. I'll disappear. And all these things happen. She's disappeared loads of times. So I've had to have search parties for her because she just wanders off. She wanders off. She goes looking for Olive because her brain's not thinking about what's going on. And so it's. I think this year's been huge for little Stevie, but also huge for you to have to process all of this because you now have. Well, we that now we explains a lot. Like we now yeah. understand that. We Let's know. talk about the slides. Like, what did you realize oh, okay. looking at the slides of ADHD? 
Uh, okay, so in these, so with ADHD, and I'm not an expert, I've just, it was just serendipitous the day that I was um, teaching at a school, they did a PD on, um, on ADHD. It was amazing, it was very informative. So I learned that they um, fixate on things very strongly and it's really hard to get them out of it. I learned that they're, more than anything, the one that stood out to me is they feel rejection more than any other person. They, they just say feel it in their bones and they're terrified of it. And so this is boys and girls. And so the way that boys react to this kind of, this fear of rejection is through anger, usually. Girls also, also do, but sometimes it just means they escape into a little world and they don't. They don't kind of, I guess, interact or because they know that someone is going to say, and usually it does happen, is someone is going to say, don't do that. Mm. You're doing it wrong. Don't sit there. Sit down. Speak quieter. And so they always are misstepping because their brains are super loud. So Stevie's Stevie's internal narrative is as loud as the conversation that's happening around Mm, her. mm. And so what kids with ADHD or grown-ups with ADHD, they're often interrupting. So you'll be talking about, you can be talking about Hanson and Stevie will interject with a fact about um, ADHD. ADHD. Volcanoes or space. Yeah, it's something completely different. Completely irrelevant. You know, a fact about Olive. Olive said this the other day. And what that looks like to the untrained eye is that she could be quite rude. Yeah. And it's really easy now because she's six and it's like, okay, six, six-year-old. that you You're can still learning. But this is not something that she's going to like naturally learn. No. It, she has to be really, she has to be taught this. Mm. And when her brain is just as loud as the conversation around her and when she's so fixated on things, the only things that she likes, how on earth can you compete with that? How on earth is a teacher You can't be louder than that. You can't be louder than a person with ADHD's brain because it never, ever, ever stops. Yeah. No, no way. It's always, and also, like, they have, I don't have a lot of trouble with sleep. You were saying that Stevie finds it really hard to go to sleep. sleep, Because the brain is just non stop. It's just constantly. Stop chattering. And so, the problem with ADHD is that it will come, it comes with, like, these byproducts. So, Mm. anxiety. Uh, and really like really negative self-talk because depression because it's because at school a place where you're supposed to feel super safe and especially when everyone around her is saying you're so smart that's a place where you think you're going to thrive yeah and you go and all of these like mainstream schools are just not made they're not suited for kids yeah Yeah. but also if you send if you sent Stevie to a special school where's she going to learn this like how to how to cope yeah and where's she going to learn what what this is what this is what a normal situation looks like and this is how you behave in it yeah where is a special school it's really it's a special situation all the time and so it's not so kids with no so kids with disabilities uh if they can should go to mainstream schools i'm totally for that if they can and if it's suitable if they're safe and if the other kids are safe they should be there and it is a place where other kids learn that their people to people's brains work differently but it's also a place where Steve, like people with ADHD or any kind of disability is like okay mm. I don't call out and she will learn that eventually but the risk that we that you take in a mainstream school is how does she learn that yeah and does she learn that through kindness and gentle talk or does she learn by getting in trouble and through shame and internalizing it and internalizing it yeah Which, kids yeah. are dicks like they kids are. are massive dicks so they, they will have so she might have and this is you can't no one can control this you can't control what kids say and so she'll be sitting in a classroom and she might say i've got a story halfway Mm. through her teacher explaining what you know the solar system's made of and stevie's got a story about volcanoes 
And Stevie will stand up and she'll say, I've got this really good story. I've got this really cool joke, whatever. And then someone in her class, where well, she might have done that three or four times that day, mm-hmm. might say, Stevie, don't do that. That's annoying. And that slowly will chip away. And that triggers that her. rejection thing yeah. as well, where she has these really huge disproportionate emotional reactions to things that don't make sense. And this is, we're, we're almost finished the episode, but yeah. this is a bit of a, I guess, a cliffhanger to something we'll talk in the future. Yeah. Because you read those... You read those slides, you sent them to me, you were talking about them. The next day I came to your house, I had a glass of wine. Yeah. And what did you say to me, Bronwyn? I said, guess what? It's genetic. <laughs> and then what did you say? I think you've got ADHD, Claire. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. So this is like, uh, this is, I mean, I'm still processing, I'm still unpacking it. It's a big fucking thing for me to loop it around to the conversation that we're having. The thing that I'm going to change this year is unlocking the way my brain works because as you well know brian i've talked about on on the podcast before i really struggled with the way my brain works for a really really long time to the point and i said this to you earlier to the point where quite often i've hated the way it works so much it's caused me so much distress and so much pain that i wanted to die just Mm. hate like absolutely could not stand how it buzzes and throbs and it's constantly fucking on and it's I don't so sleep it's so loud I don't sleep very much I have really intense emotional reactions that I internalize and I shut down with I don't go out I go in with them and I self-loathe I get really obsessive about some things cannot focus on others he said to me something really interesting the other night which is like sometimes I'm talking to you and you're just not there and then I was like kind of I've been monitoring myself I'm like oh my god sometimes I'm not there at all mm. like nothing is around me is there I'm just in my head so my first appointment to figure out if this is a thing for me is in early December and I'm really happy to share it in the podcast because I think it's really important that we have these open conversations about mental health and figuring things out that are often invisible but I'm going to forgive my brain yeah yeah, it's also important to note to note that ADHD is not a mental illness. No, but it causes it. It yeah, it's oh, it's often comes with comorbidities. Technically, it's a learning disability. Mm-hmm. It's a disability. Cute, cute, cute. My favourite joke that you've made <laughs> in the last couple of weeks has been <laughs> you were. I was texting you about. It, I was like, thank you so much for being so patient for me. I know it would have been really overwhelming and really frustrating, and it would have made sense so many times. And you've just been patient with me, even when it would have been driven you crazy because it's been just relentless because nothing makes sense about the way I behave sometimes right Correct. and you're like I can't wait to get my carer's pension oh, it's about time I'm lining up a centre <laughs> I'm going to make the big bucks it's also thrilling to drive with you because you can park in the disability parks I now. can it'll be really great that you can park everywhere and because Stevie has a disability too you can park over two of them it'll be perfect that's science Life and that's how it works. <laughs> So we'll unfold that story more as we go on. She means unpack. I can't say that anymore because <laughs> Jacob has alcohol poisoning. What up, Jacob? We hope you mm, hop into this week like it's nothing else but a party. Yeah. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach's out there. Um, we have been the Chillers and we love you guys. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.